Om Shanti. Good afternoon and a very warm welcome to all of you. This afternoon's topic is karma and the pathway to freedom. And uh, I was just trying to read what it says on the front here and I, I thought it's really quite sweet because when we talk about karma, most people know that the law of karma, what you give out, you get back to you. I think most people kind of get that. But the bit after it I thought was quite interesting, which says, but can we ever escape our past and start afresh? So that quite, adds quite an interesting slant on this afternoon's topic, karma and the pathway to freedom. So is there anyone here for the first time to a Brahma Kumari's program? Oh, great. Great, you're sitting in the front row. Well done. There's nothing more inspiring to a speaker than having people sitting in the front row. So this afternoon, well, I'll just introduce basically the Brahma Kumaris. We're a world spiritual university. We were founded in the 1930s in India. Um, the, what we teach is called Raja Yoga, which is a yoga for the mind, an exercise for the mind. It um, came to the West in the mid-70s to London and then from London it spread all over the world so we have we have centers now in over 135 countries so it's uh it's very international because it's it's on the level of thinking we're all connected we all think too much and probably all do too much as well so this is also connected with karma so our speaker this afternoon is Manda Patel she is the um director of our big main retreat center which is called global retreat center which also has a history connected with with brighton actually because in the middle to eight, late 80s 1980s we held the first retreat in the uk in a very small little place in crowborough and we had a couple of these retreats and our senior teacher of the West, her name is Daddy Janky, she came to this one retreat and she couldn't quite work out what on earth we were doing on a retreat because she comes from India and it was a, a new concept even really to the West. And then she came for the second time and she got it and she said, we need a place like this. So where we were is in a small little place in Crobra and now we have a very big palace in uh, just outside of Oxford. So Amanda looks after that. She facilitates that. She organizes all the... Well, she's she's got a team that organizes, so she just oversees all of that. And uh, Amanda is also an excellent translator, and some of you have probably seen and heard her translating for Daddy Janky, who's now the founder... Found, she's the now the head of uh, Brahma Komaris, the administrative head. So... Um, yeah, so we're very lucky to have Manda this afternoon. She's an excellent speaker, and she seems to talk on karma quite a lot, so she's quite an expert on the subject of karma. So I'd like to welcome Manda to the stage. So the idea this afternoon is she's going to speak for um, 45 minutes or so, and then we're going to open it up for you to have little discussion in groups so that you can personalize this subject so listen to what she says and then see if you've got any questions. So we're going to put you into little groups just to share 
what you've taken, what you've understood, and any questions, personal questions you think that you might like to ask Manda. So um, then, then after that, we'll get you to write something down, and uh, then Manda will be able to open to questions. So she'll speak from now, and then questions will come later. Okay. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome for sacrificing such a beautiful day to be in, indoors this afternoon. As Linda mentioned already, Linda didn't introduce herself to you, at least for those who are here for the first time. Now you know who Linda is. <laughs> Linda has um, also actually been with the Brahma Kumaris for many years, almost the same years as me, more than 30 years, and she looks after the activities of the Brahma Kumaris in this area, and particularly Hove and Brighton. So, um, Linda mentioned already to you that we practice Raja Yoga. So, although you probably don't even know what all that's about, we're just going to begin with a couple of minutes of silence together. Some of us have already been sitting in silence before we began. But just silence to bring ourselves here, in this room, in this space, to be centered, to maybe collect our thoughts and collect our day, bring it here so that we become present here. Is that okay? Yes, it's true. I don't know why it is that I get um, asked to speak about karma a lot. I always find, though, that when you get asked to speak about something, it means that I need to think about it more for my own self, more than for other people. But though somehow this notion of karma seems to have a, a negative slant to it in the sense that people speak about karma as in oh my god it must be my karma it's my karma if something goes wrong or something doesn't work they'll say oh it's my karma they never say when something does go right and something does go well they never say it's my karma <laughs> it's always the other way don't you think isn't, isn't, that, isn't that true but that's not the case. The very word karma, because it's pronounced K-A-R-M-A, because of the too many A's in English, we say karma. And it then suddenly this one word holds the whole concept and philosophy and all sorts of things. But the literal, if I was to pronounce it to you in Hindi, um, where it comes from, Karam. Karam. But because you would pronounce, when you spell it in English, you would put the A's in it, we say karma. Actually, it's karam. 
And karm means actually not karam, karma. So the R is half spoken, karma. And karma literally means action. And then again, it's you can just see why I'm why I'm explaining this is that we take things so literally. And when we speak about karma, action, we only think of it in terms of what we do physically, as in terms of action that we perform, using our hands and feet and making things happen and creating or doing or whatever. We think of karam, action, as that. A very limited perspective on action. But when you take the spiritual dimension, which is where this whole notion of karma comes from, it doesn't come from the physical um, um, rules and regulation, if you like. It's, uh, it, it's the rules and regulations that our, if we stay locked in a limited, confined space and time, of the physical, we wouldn't be able to comprehend. Because in this physical domain, there is a beginning and there is an end, and there is new and there is old. It exists and it doesn't exist. It's born and it's dead. There's, there's so, everything is very finite. And yet, the notion of karma goes beyond this physical space and time, confinements of the physical, physicality of our world. Because they're not things that you can see. The notion of, that's this very notion of, as you sow, so shall you reap. You can't physically see it with your eyes. You can't literally see it, and it's not so tangible um, unless it is the physical things that you're describing. If you sow an apple tree, you know that only apples will grow out of that tree. You, can't, you will not expect mangoes to grow out of apple trees. You buy that. We get that. We understand that. Whereas when it comes to us performing actions or expecting things to come to us, we do one thing, but we want something else to come. And this is not going to work, right? So if you do something good, something good will come out of it. If you do something negative, something negative will come out of it. It's very simple and very basic. And yet, the whole philosophy of karma is so intricate so intricate that we kind of lose track of which is the beginning and which is the end and which is the end and which is the beginning and this idea of is it the chicken first or is it the egg first is it the egg first or is it the chicken first this, these ideas, these concepts actually can demonstrate to us that everything is not so finite, everything doesn't have such a beginning and an end. So in terms of ourselves, in terms of trying to understand karma, 
action. For me, the way I really understand it is that anything, any form of expression that I may have forms part of karma. Because the soul, the spiritual being, is a conscient, living, thinking energy. And this conscient, linking, thinking, living energy is constantly creating and emanating and expressing itself. You may be sitting here thinking you're not doing anything, but you're doing a lot. Or you could be think, sitting anywhere, presumably doing nothing, but you're thinking a lot. Say you're thinking about someone and you're thinking about, I don't know, how wonderful they are, how much you appreciate them, how much you value them, what a big contribution they make in your life and the life of many others. Seemingly, you're doing nothing. But actually, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot for your own self, inside your own self, you're doing a lot in terms of the atmosphere and an energy and a vibration that you're creating around you. And you're also doing a lot for that person that you're thinking about. Because whether you know it or not, whether you detect it or not, whether they detect it or not, but because of your good, positive, kind thoughts about that person that person is going to tap into the vibration and the energy that you are creating about them. That vibration energy, because your thoughts are directed towards that person, that is going to reach them. You don't have to say anything to them. When they come in front of you, they will sense your thoughts and feelings about them. You've already generated from yourself a vibration and an energy. And so you've actually created, you have done something. Your physical senses may not be engaged in that, but your mind was engaged. And because the soul, the spiritual energy is this conscient, living, thinking being, it is expressing itself. Now, I gave a positive example, but equally, it works negatively. You are sitting there having miserable thoughts about anything or everything. It doesn't matter who those miserable thoughts might be about, yourself or someone else. You have created, you have contributed to the world around you. Your thoughts and your feelings. Because those thoughts and, and feelings are an energy. Our thoughts are an energy. We don't actually quite realize the power of our thoughts simply because we have so many, so many thoughts. And when we have negative thoughts, then we have them very fast. 
the speed is so fast that there isn't time for us to capture the energy that the thoughts are. But when you stop, just have one thought, one thought at a time. And if you were to stop to experience and even sense the vibration of that energy, you would know the power of that one thought. That thought can be extremely simple or it can be an extremely complicated thought. But one thought, have a thought of peace and you will have a sense of peace come over your own entire being your own physical body and you actually generate peace around you but that thought has to be very very slow and also very meaningful if you don't stop to experience that thought and very quickly have another thought and another one and another one and another one then there is the vibration and the energy of scatteredness. So what I'm trying to say is that the seed to any action, the seed to any action, any expression that you might have, whether it's through your eyes, through your ears, through your thoughts, through your words, or through your action, as in literally using your hands and feet. We identify the use of the hands and feet and we kind of think that, okay, that's what we have to refrain from doing. But you can't refrain from that if you haven't learned to refrain up here in your mind. If you slightly entertain any kind of thought of negativity be sure that you will actually go through with it to the point of action and so the seed to our actions is our thoughts no matter what they might be but because we don't give ourselves these spaces between our thoughts something comes our way Something does, someone does something, someone says something, something happens. And instead of just even creating distance between what's being said and myself, I'm instantly reacting to what's happening outside of me. It's not even a response, but it's a reaction to what's happening outside of me. And then what do we end up doing when we do that? What do you do when you do that? We blame what the situation or circumstance was that made us, made us react. And then what do we do when we do that? We no longer take responsibility for our actions. We pass on the responsibility of what we did, what we said, what we felt to something else, someone else outside of ourselves. We are here to talk about the pathway to freedom, right? 
And if something else makes me do something, something else outside of me makes me behave in a certain way, then I'm not free. Because I can't control what happens outside of me. I cannot control what someone else does, how someone else behaves, or what someone else says. And if I am, if that becomes my internal map of action or response, then what have I done? Then I have handed over my power to something else and someone else outside of me. Not only have I handed over power, but I have handed over my responsibility to something else and someone else outside of me. And if I hand over responsibility to something else, someone else, why do we do that? Why do we hand over responsibility to other people of what we do? It's an easy way, but why is it an easy way? Because I don't have to do anything about it. They have to do something about it. They have to change. Now, if they don't behave like that, then I don't react to them. So it's their fault and their problem. Not mine. And yet we find ourselves in a situation where we know that we can't change them. And if we can't change them, and my reaction is responsible for... My reaction is because of them... Where does that leave me? Completely under someone else's influence, someone else's power. And it means I do nothing about myself, about my life, about my, response, about my own reactions. Sounds very simple, right? Very simple. But yet there is, it's so, so subtly ingrained within us we can take responsibility to look after a job a firm and drive something to success we can be very responsible for that we can create projects we can bring up families we can look after children husbands households you know maybe look after a business that is worth multi-millions we're responsible for that what else are we responsible for are we only responsible of these things that we can genuinely control? Or are we responsible for something else? Nowadays, people can be very clever, very intelligent, very successful. And they do amazing things in the world. But their lives can be a complete mess. Only because we haven't quite realized the responsibility ha we have to our own selves, first of all. To our own thoughts or responsible of our own thoughts and our own feelings. So when we talk about, when we think about karma, we have to start thinking about karma from that place. 
the place of what is it that I am responsible for. When I perform anything, when I do anything, any expression that I might have, nobody else is responsible for it but me. What I think, what I say, what I do, what I don't do, it's not just about doing, it's also about not doing. But there's another subtle aspect to this, this whole thing about what's happening outside of me. There's one thing to create the separation between what's happening outside of me and what's happening inside of me. However, in terms of our own lives, whatever it is that happens to us, we are responsible for them. However it is that life presents itself to me, I am the creator of that. I am the generator of that. If not now, if not yesterday, from whenever it was. Because this very principle of karma, this invisible law that is at work, it's a law. And it's a spiritual law. So nobody sits there creating it. There isn't a book anywhere that you can go and get. But actually, the only way, ultimately, no matter how much you hear about karma, the more you want to hear about it, the only time when you will really come to a place where you can say, you know what? I get karma. I understand. I understand. I understand when I'm deeply able to go into my own self, into that incredible place of peace, of stillness, of this place of alignment inside my own self. And I can truly sit with myself. Then I know how karma works. I can tell you the theories of it. I can tell, tell you the, the basics of it. But the only place, only time when I can completely take ownership of it is when I have sat inside myself and come to that place of absolute stillness and understood what my consciousness is all about. The consciousness that actually is a generator of everything and yet also it's the consciousness that is the creator of nothingness creator of everything and creator of nothingness and when I say nothingness I don't mean empty hollow space what I mean by that nothingness is this, in, this place in which you are at peace with your own self and at peace with everything and everything is just perfect as it is as it must be as it has to be. And this only I am responsible for. Nobody else can create that for me. To understand this, it's the deeper journey inside one's own self. So this spirit, why it is that the creator, everything that I have in my world today, and I mean my own personal world, 
something works something doesn't work someone works someone doesn't work something is good something is bad something is happy something is not happy something comes something doesn't come whatever it might be i am the creator of that when i recognize that i the spiritual being am this energy that is always that is emanating and whatever it is that i create or whatever it is that i generate it come it it it's what i what i send out and then whatever comes my way can only come through the filter of what i have generated does that make sense if i create peace around me if i create love around me even if you are going to give me peacelessness or you don't give me i take it but if you generate peacelessness outside of me that peacelessness will only transform itself in peace and come to me because i have generated that peace around me it's a vibration it's almost a tangible vibration and energy that is around me but if i have also peacelessness inside me and peacelessness is out there then we come together very nicely and together we create peacelessness and sorrow and suffering and so for me the the this karma thing works exactly in this way even when you're performing actions it's not about the actual physical task the task has to be accomplished but what is the feeling with which you do that task you know someone could could be cleaning the toilets and you could say that's a pretty horrid job which it it is you could do it with the feeling of a pretty horrid job or you could do it with well when i create this when i clean this toilet with a good vibration and energy inside me then i actually not the question of enjoying i'm separate from the task that i perform but i actually bring something in the in the sense of vibration and energy in a space you know the example that we give uh, uh, that is a very tangible example is cooking for instance some people absolutely hate cooking some people love cooking but it's not just the cooking of bringing these amazing ingredients together and producing this dish but if you prepare food with love no matter how simple your food might be but when you prepare food with love then you create i've seen people cook like that i've seen people cook with love and i've seen people cook not with love in fact the other day we were having this conversation where i am and you were saying that somehow cooks are always angry somebody was telling me that he's worked in a kitchen and he said cooks in a restaurant are always angry whether it's the tension and the stress of what they're doing but they're always angry and imagine the stress and the tension of the anger in the kitchen the effect that it's having forget this beautiful dish they might be producing 
It looks good, but the vibration, the energy that exists in the kitchen is horrendous. Everybody's on the edge. Don't ruffle the feather of the chef, otherwise he'll explode. So what, which bit in my action, in my karam, is more important? Is it the fact that I'm doing something in a certain way, or I'm producing something, the outcome, or the vibration and the energy with which I do something? And all of that begins only from myself. It doesn't begin anywhere else. So when I say that we're all responsible for our world, our own personal world, that, you know, and the interesting thing about karma is that it's, it's not the actual act that is carrying an impact, but what's carrying an impact, an accumulative effect on you, is the feelings with which you perform or the intention with which you perform a task. That has an accumulative effect on you. Now, we have this expression in India. You come alone and you go alone. The only thing that goes with you is the actions that you perform. Well, what does that mean? Actions don't go with you. But what you create as a result of those actions that goes with you, the impact of those actions go with you. In the sense that if you created good effect as a result of what you've done, you get back those good feelings. If you create negative effect as a result of what you do, then you have, you accumulate inside yourself those negative feelings. And this has an accumulative effect. And what that means is that it just builds and builds and builds inside you. Negative feelings build inside you. Not because someone else put them there, but because of your own engagement in negative thinking, negative feelings, negative expressions, and they only build inside you. And so when they're built inside you, what can come from within you? Only what's inside you. If there's pain and sorrow and suffering inside you, then that's what's going to come out. Even if you don't say anything in your words, your face will show your suffering and your sadness and your sorrow. So this accumulative effect, so part of the, this, uh, the conversation today is that can you be free from your past? So karma, so what I'm, the, the, the present situation can be the accumulative effect of my past. But I either work from that place or I work today from a new place inside me. In the sense that over a period of time, there is the effect. What I am today, in a sense, is a product of my life. All that has gone by. All that has gone. But it is possible 
It is possible to learn to come to terms with what's happened until now and begin afresh. And the only way we can begin afresh is ultimately to recognize that we're spiritual beings. And as such, our basic intrinsic nature is that of peace, of love, of truth, and of beauty. This is who I am. Irrespective of everything else that's happened in my life until today. Then you might say, oh, that sounds good. But what about all that is accumulated inside me? It comes. But every time it comes, I have to take myself again and again and again to this place of a spiritual awareness inside me. This place that is clean and pure and peaceful. Untainted by anything else that may have happened to me until today. That doesn't mean to say that all that has happened is going to go away just like that. But when I keep spending more and more time in this, in this energy inside myself, through consciously thinking and remembering that state of being, then I generate something else. And it's actually not even generating, but actually it's uncovering what is deeply latent inside me. What is deeply latent inside me is this place, this pure, sacred energy of peace, of love, of truth. And then when anything else that comes that is not that, it is possible. I know I'm making it sound like you're going to be able to do it when you walk out this door. It's not that simple. But to know this means to have a tool. It's a little chisel that you can keep using and chiseling away at what's been there. But to also understand that, that to separate what's happened until now and what I feel today, what I believe today is the only work that I have is the work that I have the work of all that has happened and all that I am now today and when something of the past does come up can I consciously consciously do the work of separating but also going into this place inside my own self then the future becomes possible for me in my own hands. I become the creator of my own destiny and my future. All that has happened until now, the past, it's happened. It's done. I can't do anything about it. And if I don't 
free myself from it, it isn't going to free itself from me. And for this, whether you forgive, whether you forget, and it's actually probably often not about other people. Generally, it's about the self. I have to let go. I have to be free. And I have to do it for my own self, first of all. Not for other people, because of other people, but for myself. When I do it for my own self, then it's possible for me to do it for other people. Sometimes karma is understood to be a stick that people use to beat other people with. Or to be not so compassionate. But actually, it's not that. Sometimes people feel that, you know, if, if somebody understands the philosophy of karma, it means that, you know, you're condemned or you condemn other people. But actually what you also understand with the, with the philosophy of karma is that I am responsible and what goes around comes around. And once I take responsibility for my own actions, then actually there is a little relief that comes. So then I say, okay, what do I have to do now? When I take responsibility of my karma and I'm not blaming other people, if I'm blaming other people, I'm helpless. I'm totally disempowered and I'm a victim. It says if I hand over power to others and other people and situations and the past. But to understand karma means to say, okay, so I find myself in this situation today. It must be something of the past. I don't know what it is, but it's not important to know what it is. It's not necessary to know what it is, but to say, okay, so this is where I am today. What can I do now? I can change my feelings. I can change my thoughts. I can change my words. I can change my lifestyle. I can change the company. I can change the people I hang out with that have such an influence on me. I have to make the choices and the decisions. And so to take responsibility means to actually take power. It means to be able to know that I am my, my, my tomorrow is in my own hands. And if I allow myself to become helpless, then I can't move anywhere. If I continue to go around in the circle of negative thinking, I can't get very far. Whatever help that might need, I have to allow myself to receive that help. Sometimes people, 
sometimes places, sometimes ideas, sometimes some concepts and notions. Whatever it is that is going to free me from my own negative patterns. So that I become the generator of something positive and something meaningful for myself. Because the energy of karma never, it does not leave me if I don't let it go. And it comes in so many different subtle ways. It comes in the form of thoughts. If you have a negative thoughts, then you know, you've, you've felt it where you have one negative thought and you feel miserable. And this miserable feeling doesn't go. And it just started from a thought. It could be a thought about you. It could be thought about someone else. It could be thought about something else. It's just a thought. It doesn't leave you. Or you do something. You know, even when you were doing it, you knew you shouldn't be doing this. This is a bad idea, but it was too late. And you go down that road, and it's too late to turn back. But sometimes, you know, you, you perform actions that have a negative impact. I mean, the example that comes to my mind, they say something like smoking. Nobody's born with a cigarette in their mouth, just as well in England. It's not so fashionable anymore to smoke, but it's a very good example. Thoughts that bring you instant results, actions that bring you delayed responses or reactions. You know that nicotine is bad for you. You know that it's bad for your body, bad if bad for your lungs. Because it has these chemical reactions in your, in your lungs that doesn't work for the human body. And yet for the pleasure of it, you continue to indulge. And years go by, and when in the beginning it was not a problem, years go by, and here's the, the, the understanding of the accumulative effect of something on your physical body. And then you're sick. You're severely physically ill. Who do you have to blame for that? Nobody. Nobody. And then the other aspect of karma, of, of this, this, Spiritual principle is that some things, you may not experience the reward of it now or repercussions of it now, but the effect is carried by the psyche. And then the effect of that comes around in your next birth or in your next life. But nothing escapes you. But the other interesting thing about karma is that everything, whatever is happening, is okay. It's all okay. And that if you want it any other way, the way it is, then take charge of it. Change it yourself. Other people can't do it for you. And so in this whole thing about the past also is that past, one of the spiritual laws is that past is the past. It never repeats itself in that way. The lesson might, if you don't learn your lesson, similar circumstances will arise so that you learn your lessons and move on. 
If you don't learn your lesson and move on, those situations will reoccur in different settings with different people in different situations. But they will occur. But the law, the spiritual law, is that past is the past and it's finished. The only place it repeats is where? Inside our own minds and our hearts. And the more we recreate it, the more we think about it, the more we recreate it, and the more we underline it for ourselves. But the other interesting thing about the spirit, the spirit is that there is no place of guilt. When you understand the spiritual principles, the spiritual principles or the spirit is an energy. It's constantly flowing. It never remains the same. It is never stuck anywhere. The only time it gets stuck is where the spirit no longer understands itself as that. It gets stuck in the physical and the physical gets stuck. And that's why there is no place for guilt in a spiritual consciousness, in a spiritual awareness, because when you have an understanding, you recognize something doesn't work, you realize it, and you move on from it, and you decide to change it next time. Guilt is where you're so stuck in a physical domain, in a physical consciousness, that you wallow in whatever's not right, whatever's not good. It gives you the reason to exist physically and hold on to what is not right. But in a spiritual awareness, this awareness of the self, this pure, divine, sacred energy of peace and of love, you're never stuck you're never, ever stuck. When you keep going back to that, then there is no place of guilt. There is no need for guilt. It's our religious institutions that actually created the notion of guilt so that they can manipulate and control the people. That's why guilt came into existence. We were trained to be guilty. It isn't there. We've been trained to feel guilty so that we can feel bad and someone else can make us feel good. God, the spirit, the spirit, the supreme spirit, the supreme being, do you think that that pure, ultimate, unconditional energy of love sits there wanting you to feel bad about yourself? I don't think so. When you are in the presence of that, when you're in your presence, in that presence of unconditional, pure love, you are just as unconditional and pure and beautiful. Nothing may have an effect on you. Nothing need have an effect on you.
it's only when we forget that that we begin to hold on to all of this so you know we can find all sorts of things but the fundamental aspect of karma is understanding of karma it's a good thing it's a good thing that I know that I am the creator and I am the generator of what I have so I'll stop here to um, give space to whatever is next Thank you. So plenty of uh, food for thought there. Mm -hmm. Got the cogs going. So what uh, we'd like you to do now is to just uh, find a few people, a couple of people, two, three, not two, threes, fours, or maybe fives, in a little group, and just share with each other what uh, Amanda's covered today on karma and see what you come up with um, make it personalized because this is the whole idea you're listening to some answers to some of your own questions and then I'll come around with a piece of paper and a pen and you can each group then can come up with one question and then we'll ask them of, of Amanda after maybe we'll give you about 20 minutes so if you find a few people Anyone, you may know them or you may not, whoever you feel comfortable with. So great, some great discussions, some great discussions was going on there. And uh, I've never, have never been on the um, end of having to answer these questions, so I've never really known what it feels like, because I haven't shown them to Manda yet. So, so I think if I don't is, answer any, you can. It's I can pass. Can I say pass? You on can. Some of them? You can. Can I say pass? Okay. You can say pass. So, question number one is. How can you have positive thoughts if all you are having is feelings of guilt and negativity? Negativity. Feelings come as a result of a long period of time of negative thinking. So when those feelings come, you have to be able to sit down and actually decide to have positive thoughts and that might mean not just on yourself on your by yourself find company of people who will help you engage in positive thinking or positive feelings find an atmosphere an activity that helps you stay engaged with your positive thinking this is an important, it's, it's also a cognitive thing, as I'm discovering in more recent times. I haven't studied this, but in the sense that, you know, when you've been thinking negatively for a long period of time, even your, re, your brain rewires itself to behave in the way that it does. So, if nothing else, to repetitively 
keep coming back to a positive thing so that your brain can rewire itself to be positive again to to tune into a positive energy again so i'm afraid it's boring i'm afraid it's persistent but you have to keep coming back tell yourself okay i'm not going to think that i'm not going to feel this i'm i've got to change my thoughts to take me into a different state of being you have to keep doing that find materials that you can read that can help you not escape don't escape don't don't avoid and don't suppress it's also helpful to look at those feelings okay i'm feeling like this what do i do now it's not that pretend it doesn't exist i'm not supposed to be feeling like this so i mustn't feel like that and beat yourself up about it acknowledge the feeling acknowledge that this is how i feel but i want to be able to change something i want to be able to feel something else and i've got to generate thoughts a vibration and an energy to expose yourself to so an understanding that's different too as i said we've been taught to feel guilty we've been educated to feel guilty find an education that will stop you from feeling guilty you know there are there nowadays is so much in this personal development realm that actually is very compassionate it's very loving and it's very understanding and we all carry a lot of baggage understand that this is a time for baggage and so we have to do the work of taking leaving that baggage putting it down good so the next one is does the concept of karma depend on the divine depend on the divine means yeah. what depend on does this god have a connection in this only in the sense i feel that god is a completely positive pure divine energy and an energy of truth if it has any connection with the divine then it's only in the sense and in the mirror of that truth in the mirror of that love in the mirror of that purity you can see that which is not like that it's not that the divine or god sits there creating laws or sits there making notes of all the terrible things that you're doing so that he can show you a one day that's not the purpose of god that's not the purpose of the divine yet i have to say we have been taught to believe that that's how it is but i don't think it's like that because for me the presence of the divine in my own life on a daily basis on a con- consistent basis is a very important thing and i could never do it if it was out of fear out of compulsion out of guilt i could not do that i'm trying the very thing that i'm trying to escape it has to be that's inviting to me it's a, it's it has to be something that shows me something more beautiful about myself and i think that god the divine the supreme the sole existence of the divine is for that and that's why i want to see myself in that vision i want to see myself reflected back to me which is what the divine does i'm reflect i'm seeing myself in the mirror of that purity and that truth 
not guilt, not someone sitting up there waiting, you know, to make note of my sins and then quote to me when I'm about to die and fry me and skin me alive if I'm making all these mistakes. I don't see the relationship with the divine like that at all. So this is a, a neighbor's question. A neighbor, not their own question, but a neighbor's No, question. no, it's about the neighbors. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. You see? <laughs> There's always a question about the neighbors. I see. So this is a neighbor's question. So it says, I, I react positively with the neighbors, but yet the same negative situation reoccurs. Mm. Can this be changed, and what can I do to change it? Mm. Well, are you. What, what was the first bit? That same. Uh, I don't. What? What was that bit? They they react po react positively. I always react positively. Right. Mm -hmm. In the so, situation, okay. but the situation keeps reoccurring. Okay. With the, the situation, uh, yeah, you can change it, but it probably just means that you need more practice of being positive. Keep giving positive vibration, positive energy, not out of compulsion, genuinely out of love genuinely out of compassion whatever it is that their story is the neighbor's story is can you have compassion for them and really genuinely feel that eventually it'll change it's just that maybe you need to be more tolerant more patient and more powerful in your good feelings and good wishes but yeah definitely can change so this one says, if we send uh, thoughts of healing, good wishes to someone, do we need their permission to do that? No, you don't need their permission. You can do it, you, they don't even have to know, and they won't even know necessarily. And even if it is you, and even if they sense it, they may not even acknowledge that it's you. And actually, it's better that they don't. It's better that they don't home in on you and kind of think it's you and create some sort of a karmic bond again. They don't need to know. You don't have to tell them. You just... But anyway, what you're doing is you're being yourself. Why do you need permission from someone else to be yourself? Your self who has good wishes and pure feelings. Well... Yes, in today's world, as we go more and more into the age of darkness and ignorance, you need permission for everything. Health and safety and right of way and all these rules and regulations that are making our lives, you know, like, a, like you're in a straitjacket. But uh, spirituality is not like that. Spirituality is open, all-encompassing, all-embracing. This is who you are. This is what you are. You don't need permission for that. It's only because nowadays there's such a big issue with all these consent thing and health and safety and data protection and all of this is just mad. But you can see why, because people's heads are becoming more and more. But when you do that work without knowing, without telling them, then maybe they'll become free from all that. Fear. There's so much fear. That's why people want all these consent forms and this form and that form. But you're coming from a place of love. Okay, so from fear. When people suffer or die terribly in natural disasters or wars, how can this be explained through the philosophy of karma? Good question. 
Well, the thing is, nowadays, it is a time of suffering. And they also say, what I understand is that suffering of karma becomes settled more quickly in the masses when there's masses of, you know, large-scale um, effects on things. And, and it's one of those things, because we're at that time now when everything is so degraded, everything is so degraded, including matter, including nature, including the elements. It's our own creation, you know, it's not passing on the responsibility. Why are we having so many issues with the environment these days? Why do we have problems with, with all of this? Who's done it? We did it. Oh, our desire to manipulate, our greed, our, um, our possessiveness and our ego and our own physical desire for physical comforts has manipulated, we've manipulated matter and elements. So basically what they're doing is reacting to that. And so as the population of the world increases, these masses of natural disasters, in a sense, nature is reacting to what we've done to it. And so what we have to do, and those souls, those souls that leave bodies, they're not going anywhere. They're only coming back into this world again to be reborn again. So what we have to do, those who are spiritually inclined, is more create, it's an indication of how much positive energy we've got to create. How much compassion, how much um, truth we have to create and not abuse matter and elements. Mm. 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 The thing is also that uh, my sense is though that everything is escalating. It's escalating only to finish. Everything reaches its peak in order for it to change again. And this change has to, these two forces are working at the same time. The force of construction, which is the power of spirituality, and the force of destruction. These two are working side by side. When we've done enough work in the area of construction, then all of these things have to stop and finish. All of these things are an indication of that. And so, settling of karmic accounts collectively, as a race of people, all of these things are part of it, and we're doing it. Good. Um, if you have some illness, could it be karma from a previous life? In a word, yes. However, that doesn't mean to say, oh my God, I must have been such a terrible person that I'm sick now. It's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be, okay, so it's something of the past. It's not a specific action, you have to remember either. It could be the accumulative effect, but that's okay. That's how it is. I understand that. I take responsibility of what, what I'm feeling. But what do I do now? What positive feelings and energy I can create for myself now to counteract that? to counterbalance that. That's the way to understand it. It's not that, oh my God, I must have been such a wicked person. 
It's irrelevant what it was now. If you say that to yourself, you make yourself feel worse. So it's not about that anymore. It was what it was. This is what I have for it now, and this is what I have to do for it now. That's all. Yeah, yeah. It's the same for any aspect of life that, that we find challenging, that comes up, that it's a, it's a product of something. But it's okay. At least I understand now that it's a product of something. And then actually, you, it doesn't eat you. You know? Otherwise, if you feel helpless, why is it happening to me? It shouldn't be happening to me. It shouldn't have been like this. It should have been like that. What if I'd not done that? What? If you do that, you just make it worse for yourself. So you just got to go. We say, Om Shanti. So uh, how do we keep stability of peace with the intensity of powerful negativity around us? You just have to keep being, keep being peaceful inside yourself. But if the intensity of negativity, and now I'm, I don't mean the world, of course it, there is lots in the world, but if you're in a workplace or in a family situation or any other situation, if you can, give yourself a break from it. Separate yourself from it. Don't think that you have to keep putting up with it, whatever it might be. Could be a relationship, could be a work, could be something. Do you have the courage to separate yourself from it, to keep preserving your own peace? Because if you don't do that, then you might, when you're away from it, you might accumulate power, but then when you go into it, you lose it again. So in order to be able to build so much power and strength, to separate yourself from it for a while, and then if need be, go back to it. If it's a family situation, you might separate yourself from it for a month or two or a week or whatever it is, and as you feel strong again, you go back to it, and then you deal with it differently. If it's a work situation, if it means getting another job, get another job. If it means it's gonna play, pay less, take the pay less. What's more important? And you have to take radical decisions that take courage. But know that when you do it like that, it might be hard for a bit, but something will transpire and things will change when your own energy becomes even more powerful and more meaningful and peaceful, then things will change because you will draw things to yourself that is like you. Okay, last question. And this says, uh, we feel you've given us peace today, but uh, how can we hold on to it? <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep doing it for yourself. I can't give you peace. I can only be in my own peace and help you experience what's inside you. That's what you have to remember. Nobody can give you, just as I've been saying, nobody can give you anything else. Nobody can give you pain and sorrow and suffering. Nobody can give you peace. I cannot give you peace. I can be peace in my own self to help you trigger the same inside you. So that means find a place, find people who will help you do that for a while, but ultimately you have to learn to do it for your own self. Nobody can do it for you. You might feel like that for a while, 
again, you know, just as I said, separate yourself from what doesn't work for you. Engage yourself in something that does work for you for a while, but don't become dependent on it. But allow the same to emerge inside you too. So that's a lovely question to answer, to lead us into some peace. So um, if your questions haven't been answered, you can do that after we've finished. We're going to have some meditation together now. So um, I'm going to ask Manda to lead us into peace, to share some thoughts to take us into that experience of peace. And... Uh, Today is the third Sunday of the month, and on the third Sunday of every month, all the Brahma Kumari centers around the whole world sit for one hour for world peace. We've been doing this since 1978. And so it's nice, today's the third Sunday, usually it's 6.30 to 7.30, but we're going to do it from now until just before five. So to, one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to experience it. So Sister Manda is going to share some thoughts with us. So um, I know some of you are here for the first time. So just to explain a little bit about the meditation that we do, it's very simple. doesn't involve any exercises, chanting of mantras, rituals, worship, nothing. Really, what, what we've been talking about so much of already this afternoon, the power of our own thoughts and learning to use our thoughts in the right way. Learning to use our thoughts with slow in speed and big in power and less in quantity. And each thought you have, think of the thought as a power, as an energy that you're generating. So I'm going to speak out some thoughts to guide your thoughts. What we actually do is we meditate with eyes open because meditation is a very natural thing. It's something that I'm absolutely certain that, we all, that you all do. Anything you give focused attention to is a form of meditation. But what we're, what we're doing now is internalizing our attention and really focusing inside our own selves. And the fundamental belief with which we meditate is the belief that we are spiritual beings. The soul, the conscient living thinking being that I am, is a spiritual energy. It's separate from the physical body. And that the basic intrinsic nature of this spirit is peace, is love, is wisdom. That's who I truly am. Everything else that I have become is not really me. It's the acquired me. And I've begun to identify with it to such an extent that I have lost myself in that. So in this meditation, what we can do, and then knowing that when we go into this experience inside ourselves, it really has a knock-on effect on everything. Our, imagine this pure energy inside your own physical body and the every, every molecule of your body experiencing this pure energy. Your thinking. 
your feelings, everything in this moment. They may not change forever and ever. You go back to it and because everything is so raw, you go back into it very quickly. But at least you've tasted something so that you can go back, you can make the conscious effort to recollect that feeling and go back into it. Okay? So sit comfortably, relaxed, but alert. Alert and comfortable so that you don't become distracted by the discomfort of your body. Better to sit in such a way that you're able to maintain stillness for a longer period. Because physical stillness creates the energy of stillness, which helps us go inside ourselves. Because an atmosphere becomes created. Rest your eyes in one place. Choose a point. Relaxed. As you rest your eyes somewhere. It's not about staring. Not blinking. You can blink. Because it's important to allow the eyes to become moist too. So let it be as natural as you possibly can. Become aware. Become aware of this space that we're all sitting in. The silence. The stillness. And actually it's created by us, by our intention. Be aware of your intention. The intention to be at peace. to be peaceful. Breathe in and breathe out as you think about that. As you breathe in, let your breath go deep into your stomach and as you breathe out breathe out any tension that you might have do this for a few moments difference between meditation and relaxation. Relaxation is only a physical thing, whereas meditation 
is a mental state of concentration and alertness. As you become aware of being relaxed in this space, focus your attention inside yourself at the center of your forehead in a sense you as this thinking being this thinking energy you are seated on the seat of your mind and it's also in your mind that you can visualize yourself as this thinking living energy concentrated in a tiny point of light This tiny point of light is an immense light, an immense energy of thoughts and feelings. And the mind is an aspect of this living energy. mind is part of me, this living energy, and I choose to think slowly, but surely I begin to think one thought of peace. when I feel peace I feel quiet there isn't the surge of thoughts because I've chosen to think about peace when I think peace generate the energy of peace comfort I really feel quite comfortable inside myself I feel at ease I feel at ease I like this feeling. 
each moment of this peace becomes a timeless moment because I don't need to check the time when I breathe I breathe peace when I breathe out I breathe out peace no other world except this world of peace inside me as I become in this peaceful place I sense another feeling coming up a sense of joy it has nothing to do with anything outside have what I don't have who I have who I don't have but this joy is an overwhelming feeling of satisfaction that is born out of peace as if I can share this with everyone and my sense of sharing this feeling of joy enables me to see the love that is within me for the world around me for my fellow human beings doesn't matter what something is how something is I only want to share
strength makes me realize the potential of love that is inside me. I am love. It's this peace and joy that creates alignment within myself and alignment with everything outside of me. is who I truly am. And nothing can actually distract me from that unless I let it. Everything outside has its own place. The sounds and sights I stay centered here inside myself. And it is here that my heart becomes a sacred place. that is ready and willing to invite God that unconditional energy of love the unconditional energy of compassion I need that right now to allow everything to else to pass and for me to stay in this place so that I can also share with others And so now I just examine my feelings, my wish and my desire to help our world with my loving, peaceful thoughts and vibrations. world is in need of this help, this support, which I can provide no matter where I am.
become aware of this place inside yourself that you've generated you've generated it be conscious of how you did it be conscious of the steps that you took so that you can recreate this feeling whenever you want wherever you want for as long as you want this is who you really are and let this space this vibration and this energy inside you inform all aspects of your life make the choice to do that but ensure that you keep touching base with this vibration inside you it's yours to access whenever you want just remember remember to do it remember 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 because you have the memory memory of who you were who you are and you will return to you will return to that same that same sense about yourself peaceful loving gentle pure really just in in, in image or in the same way as the divine